Fanatics Football, the football segment of the Fantasy Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate and Mete. What's up, guys? So, How's it going? All right. In today's episode, we're going to recap all of the games from week three. Then we're going to get into some pickups for fantasy leagues for the week. And then we'll just head into, I guess, talking about the fantasy for each game of week four. And I guess just making our predictions for the games. Uh, so let's just hop right into it. Uh, we'll start with the Thursday night game of week three. We have the Carolina Panthers beating the Houston Texans by a score of 24 to 9. Uh, it's a pretty big win for the Panthers. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey goes down with an injury. Um, I guess aside from that, just looking at the stats, Sam Darnold played really well. He had uh, 304 passing yards, uh, and he also had 11 rushing yards on the ground and two rushing touchdowns, so big game for him. And in terms of other rushing, I guess Christian McCaffrey, seven carries for 31 yards. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, 11 carries for 52 yards. And then through the year, DJ Moore, eight catches, 126 yards. Terrence Marshall, four catches for 48 yards. Hubbard also had three catches for 27 yards. And yeah, that was, uh, it was a big game for this team. I guess, Mete, I'll start with you. Uh, what do you think about this Panthers team? Yeah, Panthers, they played a really good game. Uh, solid defense, uh, even though it wasn't too hard against the Texans since they didn't have Terod Taylor. And they put up enough points on the board to win. Uh, Darnold had a really good game, but again, uh, I feel like the Panthers, yeah, they're 3-0, and but they've beaten really weak teams, so I feel like they're not as good as their record states, but yeah, good win for the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, being 3-0, and obviously they might not be as strong as some of the other 3-0 and teams, but I mean, 3-0 and is still 3-0. and You got to take it for what it is. Uh, this team's definitely on the right track. I guess moving to Houston, um, looking at some of the stats, Davis Mills, 168 passing yards and a passing touchdown for him. Uh, and then in terms of rushing, uh, not much here. Mark Ingram, six carries for 21 yards. David Johnson, two carries for 11 yards. And then through the air, Brandon Cooks, nine catches, 112 receiving yards. Jordan Akins, four catches for 32 yards. Anthony Miller, four catches for 20 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, let me get to you on the Texans. Yeah, this team's looking real rough without Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I mean, with Tyrod Taylor, they were um, pulling upsets that people didn't really expect, but now it looks like um, they're not generating generating enough offense to kind of keep up with other teams. So I guess for now, it looks like um, they're playing kind of how we kind of expected the Texans to play, I guess, at the beginning of the season. Yeah, um, I guess aside from Brandon Cooks, this Texans team just really doesn't have much going for them in terms of offense. And then, I mean, the defense wasn't that bad in this game, but just consider that Christian McCaffrey was out. So the Panthers weren't at full strength either. Um, I guess moving into uh, the next game, it uh, looks like the Tennessee Titans uh, beat the Indianapolis Colts by a score of 25 to 16. Um, I guess just looking at the stats for the Titans, we have Ryan Tannehill, 197 passing yards, three passing touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, and then looking at the rushing here, Derrick Henry, 28 carries, 113 rush yards, so big day for him. Ryan Tannehill on five carries at 56 rushing yards. And then through the air, 
Uh, Nick Westbrook, uh, Ikeen had uh, four catches, 53 yards and a touchdown. Julio Jones, three catches for 47 yards. And then Derrick Henry, three catches for 31 yards. Um, while Jeremy McNichols and Chester Rogers both had one catch that found the end zone. So, uh, Nate, I'll start with you on the Titans. I guess this team is turning it around. Uh, what do you think about this team? Um, I think this is a pretty good win, especially considering um, the Colts have a pretty solid defense, I think. So I guess um, this is pretty much what you could expect from the Titans, I think, week to week. Yeah, for sure. Um, this team definitely is playing better. I definitely agree with that. Um, I guess getting to the Colts, Carson Wentz, I know he was banged up coming into this game. He did have 194 passing yards. Um, and then in terms of rushing, uh, he didn't do any of that this week, but uh, Jonathan Taylor had 10 carries for 64 yards and nine M Hines had six carries for 25 yards and a touchdown. And getting to receiving Michael Pittman's clearly the number one here, six catches for 68 yards for him. Nine M Hines, five catches, 54 yards and Zach Pascal, two catches for 31 yards. Mete, let me get to you on the Colts. I feel like this is the best 0-3 team in the league. They've had so much, I guess, bad luck in terms of injuries and other things, but I guess, do you think this team can turn it around? Yeah, I definitely think they can turn it around. And like you said, talent wise, they should be the best 0-3 team right now. So yeah, they have so much talent. I think they need T.Y. Hilton back right now as their offense doesn't look too great. And adding a playmaker like Hilton, I think, could uh, improve their offense for sure. Yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz is banged up as well. Of course, Quentin Nelson has that high ankle sprain now, so we don't know how long he's going to be out. So when you have like three of your top players on offense that have injuries, it's just really tough to, I guess, you know, generate anything. Um, the defense, I mean, kept them in this game, obviously, but I guess outside of that, they just really haven't had a chance to win without their big time players on offense. But um, let's get to a game, actually, that didn't have much offense either. The Atlanta Falcons beating the New York Giants 17 to 14, a really low scoring game here. Um, I guess just getting to the stats for the Falcons, uh, Matt Ryan threw for 243 yards and two passing touchdowns. Um, in terms of rushing, Mike Davis, 12 carries for 50 yards. Cordell Patterson, seven carries for 20 yards. And then through the air, Cordell Patterson, six catches for 82 yards. Calvin Ridley, eight catches for 61 yards. And uh, Kyle Pitts, two catches for 35 yards. And uh, Olamid uh, Zacchaeus had three catches for 32 yards. And he found the end zone with a touchdown. Lee Smith also had three catches. And he also caught a passing, uh, sorry, caught a receiving touchdown. And um, Mete, I'll get to you on the Falcons. Uh, first win on the season for them. Uh, I guess, what do you think of this team going forward? Yeah, first win of the season. And honestly, what I think about the Falcons is I'm kind of disappointed with their offense. They haven't been putting up too many points. And I feel like they have a lot of talent on offense. Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. Uh, even Russell Gage, even though I don't see him on the stat sheet this game, I guess he was hurt or he didn't catch anything. Uh, yeah, I feel like they have talent on offense and they need to put up more points. But for this week, it was enough. So finally, they get a win. Yeah, for sure. Um, at least their defense did play pretty well for the most part. Um, they didn't allow a lot of points. Just looking at the Giants stats here, Daniel Jones, 266 passing yards for him. He also rushed for uh, 39 yards on the ground as well. 
Uh, Saquon Barkley, a pretty nice day on the ground, 16 carries, 51 yards, and a rushing touchdown. And then I guess through the air, he caught six balls, uh, which was the most on the team, I think, for 43 receiving yards as well. So big day for Saquon. Uh, Kenny Galladay, four catches, 64 yards. Uh, Colin Johnson, five catches, 51 yards. And CJ Board, one catch that went for 38 yards. And it looks like Sterling Shepard went down in this game, which is not good for this Giants team. I guess just getting to you, Nate, this Giants team's 0-3. I guess what's up with them now? Um, To be honest, I'm not quite sure. Sorry about that. Um, I guess um, they're still trying to, uh, I guess, figure some things out. But I feel like they should be able to um, beat a team uh, like the Falcons or at least generate a little bit more offense. So I guess we'll just have to see what's going on. Yeah, I guess after watching them generate a lot of offense against the football team last week, they kind of came out and like threw a dud on this game and they just really didn't do anything. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this team going forward, whether coaches get fired if they don't turn it around or, or I guess what happens. So we'll definitely have to look at them in the upcoming weeks. Um, I guess another considering uh, another game that was considered an upset was the LA Chargers being the Kansas City Chiefs 30 to 24. Um, looking at the Chargers offense, Justin Herbert, 281 passing yards and four passing touchdowns, a big game for him. He also had four rushes for 16 yards. And then also on the ground, Austin Eckler, 11 carries for 55 yards. And then getting to receiving Mike Williams, seven catches, 122 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. So big game again for him. Austin Eckler, six catches, 52 yards and a touchdown. Um, Keenan Allen, eight catches, 51 yards and a touchdown. And Jared Cook added two catches for 27 yards. Uh, Nate, getting two on the Chargers is a big upset win for them. Yeah, this is a pretty solid win by the Chargers. Um, I believe their defense is also known for um, being good against the pass. And uh, Kansas City does have a good pass. So they were able to slow down Kansas City just enough so they can kind of win by a score. But being able to beat Kansas City um, just in general is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's also impressive considering how bad their defense is against the run. Um like you noted, they were able to shut down the pass attack from the Chiefs and the Chiefs were forced to run the ball, which is something they haven't been doing a lot lately. I guess getting to the stats, Pat Mahomes threw for 260 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. And then on the ground, he ran four times for 45 yards. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 17 carries for 100 yards and Darrell Williams had seven carries for 28 yards. So yeah, Chargers allowing a lot on the ground. But then I guess through the air for the Chiefs, uh, Travis Kelsey, seven catches, 104 receiving yards. Tyreek Hill, five catches, 56 yards. McCole Hardman, three catches, 33 yards and a touchdown. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, two catches for nine yards and a touchdown. And Jody Fortson, two catches for seven yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mete, the Chiefs, they lose a divisional game at home, I guess. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, tough loss for them, but I don't think it's uh, any cause for panic as their two losses this year, they've come against good teams, Ravens and now Chargers. So, yeah, I think they'll definitely turn it around. Yeah, they're definitely going to need to turn it around. It looks like some other teams in the AFC are catching up to them. Um, and, yeah, like you mentioned, Ravens, Chargers, these are 
teams that have been trying to catch the Chiefs for years, and it looks like they're finally starting to catch up. So uh, Chiefs definitely have a lot of things to work on. Hopefully they can definitely get better for next game. Um, there were a lot of upsets this week. Uh, I know Pittsburgh was short a lot of players, but yeah, the Bengals do beat them 24 to 10 here. I guess looking at the stats, I'll get to the Bengals first. Joe Burrow, 172 pass yards and three passing touchdowns, one interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, Joe Mixon, 18 carries for 90 yards. Uh, and then in terms of receiving, Jamar Chase, four catches, 65 yards and two touchdowns. He's had a really great start to the season. Uh, Tyler Boyd, four catches, 38 yards and a touchdown. Chris Evans, two catches for 26 yards. And uh, yeah, Mete, getting to you on this Bengals team, two and one. They're tied for first in their division. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, great start by the Bengals. Uh, yeah, they definitely have talent. I feel like they could be near 500 this year if they keep this up. Uh, they're playing great. This game specifically, Joe Burrow, he didn't do too much, but he did what had to be done, and the defense played great, holding the Steelers to 10 points. That's impressive. Yeah, it was impressive. Uh, but, I mean, the Steelers were short a lot of players on both offense and defense. No Deontay Johnson in this game. I believe Juju Smith-Schuster also left this game. No TJ Watt on defense and other names. So, uh, yeah, really tough game for the Steelers here. Uh, ben Roethlisberger threw for 318 passing yards and a passing touchdown, two interceptions. And then on the ground, Najee Harris, uh, 14 carries for 40 yards. And then through the air, that's where Najee got in his work, 14 catches for 102 receiving yards. So big game for Najee Harris if you had him in fantasy, especially if in PPR, you probably had a big week from him chase claypool a big game nine catches for 96 yards ray ray mcleod had three catches for 33 yards and juju smith schuster three catches for 25 yards pat fryermuth finds the end zone on three catches for 22 yards so um yeah nate getting to you on this game uh pittsburgh back-to-back -back games they've had injuries and they've lost i guess what are your thoughts on this team I guess it's just um, kind of rough for them right now. Um, their team is banged up, like you said. So they're doing the most of what they can. And um, I guess, again, congratulations to uh, Najee Harris. He had a really good game. But um, unfortunately, it just um, wasn't enough against this uh, really solid Bengals defense. Yeah, surprisingly, I know everyone's been roasting the Bengals for the last few years. Their defense has really improved, so good on them. Um, I guess getting to the next game, uh, Nate, I'm definitely going to get to you on this one first. Cleveland Browns beating the Chicago Bears 26-6. to They had nine sacks in this game. I believe Miles Garrett had four and a half. That's insane uh, what this defense was able to do to Chicago. Um, I'll start with the Browns offense though first Baker Mayfield 246 passing yards and a passing touchdown Nick Chubb 22 carries for 84 yards Kareem Hunt 10 carries for 81 yards and a touchdown so big game for him um, and then getting to receiving Odell Beckham first game back five catches 77 yards good game for him a Kareem Hunt six catches for 74 yards Donovan Peoples-Jones two catches for 39 yards Rashard Higgins, two catches for 24 yards. And Austin Hooper had two catches for 19 yards and a receiving touchdown. Nate, just give us your thoughts on this team. Um, I'm actually pretty impressed by um, uh, Kareem Hunt. Um, he's been able to, I guess, um, break the line with, um, with uh, like really big games. And he had less carries than 
um, Nick Chubb. So that's kind of what surprised me. And I guess obviously the defensive line. I feel like Cleveland has one of the best defensive lines um, in the NFL right now. And this kind of showed it. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I know before uh, he came to uh, the Browns, everyone was clowning uh, Jadeveon Clowney, ironically. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, they kept saying, oh, this guy, uh, he doesn't know how to pass rush. He can't get pressure. The guy had two sacks in this game. So it, he's really like turned around his career in Cleveland. Uh, Miles Garrett looked great. We talked about that. Uh, JOK has been a fantastic rookie for this team. And yeah, uh, this Browns team's looking really solid. Uh, let's get to the Bears now. This team looked like a disaster. Justin Fields had no protection in his first start. He only threw for 68 passing yards in this game. Of course, we mentioned he was sacked nine times. Uh, on the ground, David Montgomery, uh, only 10 carries and only 34 yards, so not that great. Um, Allen Robinson, two catches for 27 yards. David Montgomery, two catches for 21 yards. And then Komet and Mooney only had one catch on the game. And uh, Mete, it was such a disappointing game for this uh, Bears team. Yeah, they get dominated in the line of scrimmage. Uh, nine sacks, that's way too many. And Fields does have a rough game, but it's kind of tough to blame him when you're getting pressured all game. So... Yeah, first start for Justin Fields doesn't go too well. And uh, Bears get back at it next week. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. There's no way to put this on Justin Fields. He almost had no chance out there. He's getting slaughtered on almost every play. And the players just were not getting open, whether it was the scheme. I don't know what it was. Um, yeah, they definitely need to bounce back next game. They should because they are playing division rival Detroit Lions. And speaking of the Lions... They lose a heartbreak game to Baltimore this week, uh, 19 to 17. Of course, we know the Justin Tucker game-winning field goal. I believe uh, it's the longest field goal made in NFL history, so congrats to him. I believe he's done it to the Lions once before as well, so I think this is the second time he's broke Lions fans' hearts. Um, well, I guess besides Tucker, let's get to the rest of the offense. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 200. 87 passing yards and a passing touchdown, also an interception. Lamar Jackson on the ground at seven carries for 58 yards. Latavius Murray, seven carries for 28 yards. Tyson Williams, five carries for 22 yards. And then through the air, Mark Andrews, uh, five catches, 109 receiving yards. Sammy Watkins, four catches for 68 receiving yards. Uh, Marquise Brown, three catches for 53 receiving yards. And uh, Devin Duvernay, two catches for 22 yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah, Mete, let me get to you on this Ravens team. Uh, I, th I feel like this game was too close for their liking. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, definitely too close for their liking. And they probably should have won this game by more as Marquise Brown, he drops two touchdowns. So, yeah, too close for comfort. But, hey, they got it done. So, good job, Ravens. Yeah, I noticed that Marquise Brown, he definitely had an opportunity to have a big game here and he just couldn't get it done. Um, I guess getting to the Lions now, Jared Goff, um, 217 pass yards for him. Uh, in terms of rushing, DeAndre Swift, uh, 14 carries, 47 yards and a touchdown. Jamal Williams, 12 carries for 42 yards and a touchdown. So very productive on the ground. I guess through the air, uh, not too bad. Khalif Raymond, six catches for 68 yards. DeAndre Swift, seven catches for 60 yards. So good game for him. 
Uh, Darren Fells, two catches, 35 yards, and Jamal Williams had two catches for 25 yards. Disappointing day for Hawkinson. He only had two catches for 10 yards. Um, Nate, getting to you, um, I guess, what are your thoughts on this Lions team? Um, I feel like, in, in a sense, this is kind of disappointing because um, victory was just like within your reach, and then Justin Tucker snatched it out of their hands. But I feel like this is still a pretty good performance from Detroit, considering they're still a rebuilding team right now, and they're still fighting as hard as they can, and they're making every team um, work for the wins that they have. And it looks like, yeah, they don't necessarily have like the the deepest roster, but they do have um, some pieces, and they're doing what they can to make it work. Yeah, it was strange to see the Lions so run heavy and the Ravens pass heavy because I know the Ravens are normally the run heavy team, but I guess the Ravens were trailing at the end of this game, so they definitely needed to get that field goal. Um, But yeah, I guess moving into the next game, uh, the New Orleans Saints going into New England and beating the Patriots 28-13. to Um, Yeah, I guess it was just a rough game overall for New England. I can say I, I was watching this game. Of course, James White goes down early with that injury. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I believe, has an injury as well. Um, it was just not a good day for the Patriots. Uh, a lot of injuries, a lot of miscues. Of course, Mac Jones was not at his best in this game. But let's get to the Saints offense first. Jameis Winston, 128 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. A very clean game for him. Um, and then in terms of rushing, Alvin Kamara, 24 carries for 89 yards. So Kamara back at it in this game. Taysom Hill, six carries for 32 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Marquez Callaway, four catches, 41 yards and a touchdown. Deontay Harris, three catches, 31 yards for him. Then Alvin Kamara, three catches for 29 yards and a touchdown also. Um, Nate, I'll get to you on the Saints. Um, I guess big win for this team. Yeah, they were able to get a touchdown basically um, every quarter, which is that's not bad at all. And the New England Patriots, they have a good defense as well. So I think this is kind of um, a good indicator for their system so far. Yeah, I guess just looking at the Patriots defense, they just didn't really have a solution for Alvin Kamara in this game. I know the the rush defense for the Patriots definitely needs to to improve here. Um, I guess uh, passing their passing defense looked pretty good in this game. I definitely think that um, there's not too much to be addressed there, but yeah, I definitely agree with your point, but I'll get to the Patriots offense here. Mac Jones, 270 yards passing three, uh, one touchdown, three interceptions. I think the last couple of interceptions, he was just kind of trying to force it to sort of get a score. I wouldn't really read into that. The first one definitely, um, was a, a mistake from Mac Jones. I'm getting to the, the rushing, um, Mac Jones led this team in rushing. Yeah, not a good day for the Patriots. He had six carries for 28 yards. Damian Harris, six carries for 14 yards. And of course, I mentioned the James White injury. Um, Getting to receiving, Kendrick Bourne's the one with the big day. Uh, Six catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. Jacoby Myers adding nine catches for 94 yards. Not too bad for him. And then Hunter Henry, five catches for 36 yards. And uh, Mete, I'll get to you on this Patriots team. Uh, it, was, it was sort of a rough day overall, injuries, um, I guess just bad plays. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, definitely. But I feel like the fact that the Saints uh, shut down the Patriots run, it just made the game easier for them as 
uh, once you know you can stop the run, you just mainly have to focus on the pass. And yeah, the Saints defense, it's one of the better ones in the league. So they definitely were able to create turnovers and win this game. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like the Patriots clearly just didn't look uh, good in this game. You mentioned the rushing. Um, definitely Damian Harris needs to have a better game. Of course, they won't have James White for the rest of the season. The news came out. So they'll have to find sort of that guy who can, I guess, uh, grab that receiving role. Maybe J.J. Taylor gets in there, but we'll definitely have to see about that. Um, I guess just moving to the next game here. Um, let me just take a look here. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, it's the Arizona Cardinals beating the Jacksonville Jaguars by a score of 31 to 19. Um, yeah, it's something that we've just been seeing almost every week. The Jaguars just giving up countless amount of points, not being able to, to score uh, def uh, as efficiently. Um, Kyler Murray, 316 passing yards and an interception. Um, but he was better on the ground, seven carries, 19 yards, and a rushing touchdown. James Conner, 11 carries, 43 yards, and two rush rushing touchdowns, so good game for him. Chase Edmonds, 11 carries for 26 yards. And then for receiving, it was A.J. Green's big day, five catches, 112 receiving yards for him. Christian Kirk, seven catches, 104 receiving yards. Chase Edmonds, seven catches, 49 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, three catches for 21 yards. I believe he was banged up in this game. And Max Williams, three catches for 19 yards. Mete, I'll get to you on the Cardinals. Now, this team's undefeated. They're looking pretty good so far. Yeah, they're looking really good. And the I, I'd say their main weakness going into this year was the defense. And their defense is looking really good, especially Chandler Jones. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this team is definitely a playoff contender and they could honestly even be uh, Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely going to be at least one team from that division that's not going to make the playoffs, and it really doesn't look like it's going to be the Cardinals uh, missing. So, um, yeah, they're really putting pressure on the other teams in their division to sort of step up their game. Um, I guess just getting to Jacksonville, looking at the stats, Trevor Lawrence, 219 pass yards and a touchdown, also an interception for him. Um, and then James Robinson on the ground, good game, uh, 15 carries, 88 yards and a touchdown, Carlos Hyde eight carries for 44 yards and then through the air Marvin Jones six catches 62 yards DJ Chark three catches 49 yards and a touchdown LaVisca Chanel four catches for 48 yards and then James Robinson six catches for 46 receiving yards uh, Nate getting to you on Jacksonville um, they're 0-3 I guess what are your thoughts on this team I mean on one hand I want to say that you know it's the Cardinals and they're looking like one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL right now. So can't be too hard, hard on them. But on the other hand, um, Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick. Um, he was expected to kind of turn the Jaguars around. Um, you can't really be too patient when you're, I mean, you, you can't be uh, too impatient when you're rebuilding, but at the same time, um, there's some stuff that um, he, he does need to work on a little bit. He ended up having two interceptions. His completion rate is a little bit too low. I feel like it should be over, like well over um, the low 60%. It should be kind of like the high 60s, high 
that's kind of what I would like to um, see from Trevor Lawrence. But I still think he's um, one of the better better um, rookie quarterbacks right now. Yeah, for sure. I guess he can just take steps to sort of improving every game. Um, yeah, lowering that interception rate is definitely uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, getting to the next game, huge blowout here. The Bills blow out the football team 43-21. to 21. Uh, it was just a big day all around for the Bills. I guess this is the game everyone was waiting for from Josh Allen to start the year. Uh, 358 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. He also added a rushing touchdown on four carries on the ground. Um, Zach Moss, uh, 13 carries for 60 yards. I, I think he's back now to being their starter, so um, he should be fully healthy now. And Devin Singletary, 11 carries for 26 yards. Mitch Trubisky added four carries for 19 yards. It's nice to see him in there. Um, and then in terms of receiving, Cole Beasley, 11 catches for 98 yards. Manuel Sanders, five catches, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. Stefan Diggs, six catches for 62 yards. Dawson Knox, four catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. And Zach Moss, three catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Nate, I guess just getting to you, it really looks like the Bills are becoming more well-rounded on offense. It looks like they have a run game now in, in both Zach Moss, Josh Allen, and surprisingly Mitch Trubisky in this game. Um, yeah, what do you think about this, uh, I guess, revamped Bills offense? Um, I, Well, it was a good choice to kind of diversify their offense, not just rely on passing and scrambling with um, Josh Allen. Now you have um, a few other guys who can run as well. I guess with Mitch Trubisky being one of them, but um, yeah, I guess this is kind of what we expected Josh Allen to do, but it's still pretty impressive considering how good the Washington defense is. Yeah, for sure. And um, uh, the Washington defense did come into the season playing really well. Uh, they just haven't looked the same for some reason. I'm not sure what it is, uh, but I'll get to their offense now. Um, Taylor Heineke, uh, 212 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. He also had two interceptions, but on the ground, he had eight carries for 21 yards and a rushing touchdown as well. So pretty solid game from Heineke. Um, Antonio Gibson, 12 carries for 31 yards. J.D. McKissick, three carries for 23 yards. And um, getting to receiving now, uh, Antonio Gibson, his one reception was for 73 yards and a touchdown. So that was really solid from him. Um, Terry McLaurin, four catches, 62 yards. Logan Thomas, four catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. And J.D. McKissick, two catches for 15 yards. Uh, Mette, getting to you on the Washington football team. I guess, what are your thoughts on them through the first three games of the year? I think they've been kind of disappointing. A lot of people had expectations for them to win the NFC East this year. And uh, their defense has definitely not looked like the same defense from last season. So, yeah, that definitely hurts their chances of winning games and winning the NFC. Yeah, for sure. Um, that NFC East looks highly competitive this year. And if their defense plays like that, I don't think they have a chance of winning it. Um, getting to the next game, another blowout here. A 26 nothing. the Denver Broncos over the New York Jets. Uh, I, I know the Jets had a chance to score. They went up for their field goal and then they took a penalty, which put them out of field goal range. So yeah, rough game for the Jets overall, but I will get to Denver first. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, 235 passing yards. 
Um, and then on the ground, he added four carries for 24 yards. Melvin Gordon, 18 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. Javante Williams, 12 carries for 29 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, he could have had two touchdowns, but he fumbled it at the goal line. So uh, rough uh, there for Williams. But uh, through the air, Tim Patrick, five catches, 98 yards. Cortland Sutton, five catches for 37 yards. Javante Williams, three catches for 33 yards. And KJ Hamler's only catch went for 28 yards. Obviously, he has now been ruled out for the season. So another injury for this Broncos team. Hopefully, they get Jerry Judy back as soon as possible. Uh, Noah Fan only two catches for 15 yards. Uh, Mete gets you on the Broncos. This team looks good. Uh, even with the soft schedule, it was still playing really solid. Yeah, I was going to say that, like the Panthers, they did have a soft schedule, so... Their uh, record is kind of misleading, but again, uh, it's impressive that they're 3-0 still. So, yeah, they look much better with Teddy Bridgewater as a starter this year. Yeah, well, I mean, even with the easy schedule, you got to blow out those bad teams, and they clearly did that in this game. So I can't really fault them there and call them a soft team because they did blow out the Jets, and they had to. So uh, good on the Broncos. Um, getting to the Jets, uh, in terms of uh, scoring here, um, I don't have Zach uh, Wilson stats here. Mete, do you have them up? Yeah. Uh, uh, 160 yards, uh, two interceptions. Yeah, for some reason, it hasn't been showing me Zach Wilson every week. But yeah, a really tough uh, game for him. On the ground, Michael Carter, uh, nine carries for 24 rushing yards. Ty Johnson, three carries for 17 yards. Uh, and then in terms of receiving, Corey Davis, five catches for 41 yards. Keelan Cole, two catches for 30 yards. And Braxton Berrios, uh, two catches for 26 yards. Elijah Moore, obviously, uh, going down with an injury. He had three catches for 22 yards. Nate, getting to you on the Jets. Uh, this team really looks like they could go 0-17 this year with how bad they've been playing, I guess. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it looks like like a real uh, possibility, which is really unfortunate. Um, I was kind of hoping for the Jets to kind of take a step up. Um, on the other hand, it's only three games in the season, so um, there's still plenty of football left to play, but I guess there are still a lot of improvements I'd like to see. For example, um, Zach Wilson's passing, I think his completion needs to go up. Um, mid 50% mid isn't good enough. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it also has to do with the offensive play calling. It just has not been uh, great for this team. Um, I guess just getting to the next game, this was an overtime game. The Vegas Raiders beating the Miami Dolphins 31-28 in overtime. Uh, the Raiders get to 3-0 with this. Derek Carr, 386 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, Peyton Barber, 23 carries, 111 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. He had an enormous game. Uh, Kenyon Drake, eight rushes for 24 yards. Um, and then getting to receiving Brian Edwards, three catches for 89 yards. Henry Ruggs, four catches for 78 yards. He had a really big game, some big catches. Uh, Hunter Renfro, five catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. Darren Waller, five catches for 54 yards. And Kenyon Drake, three catches for 33 yards with Peyton Barber having three catches for 31 yards. It uh, looks like Alec Ingold was able to get a one-yard catch uh, at the goal line for a touchdown, so good on him. Um, I guess, Nate, getting to you on the Raiders, this team's 3-0, and and they actually look good. What do you think about this team? Um, they're solid. I wasn't um, really expecting the Raiders to be this good this season, but 
um, they've had some really solid wins, and I feel like um, Miami's still a pretty solid team. I know um, uh, Tua's still injured, um, but uh, Jacoby Brissett, he's still pretty decent, and uh, Vegas uh, found a way to beat them. Yeah, you mentioned Jacoby Brissett. He had a great game here, 215 passing yards. Uh, he also had seven carries on the ground for 37 yards and a rushing touchdown, so good on him. It uh, looks like Miles Gaskin had the majority of the carries, 13 for 65 yards. And then Malcolm Brown had seven carries for 31 yards and a touchdown. Getting to receiving Mike Gesicki, 10 catches for 86 yards. He had a big game. Jalen Waddell, 12 catches for 58 yards. Devontae Parker, four catches for 42 yards. Will Fuller in his debut, three catches for 20 yards. Uh, Matty, I'll get to you on this Dolphins team. Um, they lost a close game here. I guess, what do you see for this team going forward? Yeah, going forward, if they don't get Tua back soon, it looks like uh, they could be kind of uh, stacking up the losses. But, yeah, with Tua, they're still a solid team. Uh, they got 10 wins last season, so I definitely think they could do that again and possibly make the playoffs. But it all depends on if Tua can come back and play for them. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. And moving on to the next game, um, no Dalvin Cook for the Minnesota Vikings, but I guess it didn't matter. This team, uh, they won 30-17 to 17 over the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I guess getting to this offense, Kirk Cousins, 323 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. Uh, he could be, I guess, quarterback of the week with these kind of stats. Big game for him. Um, Alex Madison, 26 carries for 112 yards. He literally looked like Dalvin Cook out there, both metaphorically and literally with his hair. Um, and then Amir Abdullah, five carries for 24 yards. Uh, in terms of receiving, Justin Jefferson had his game of the season so far. Nine catches, 118 yards and a touchdown. Ty Conklin, seven catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. Alex Madison, six catches, 59 yards. And Adam Thielen, six catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. Mete getting to you on this Vikings team. No cook, no problem for them. Yeah, finally they get a win. And yeah, I feel like this is a good team. I was surprised that they were 0-2, but they showed it this week that they can contend with or keep up with anybody. Yeah, for sure. Definitely agree with that. It's a good Seahawks team who I guess just didn't play as well this game. Um, in terms of their offense, Russell Wilson, 298 passing yards and a touchdown. Um, and then on the ground, Chris Carson, 12 carries for 80 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then through the air, um, DK Metcalf, six catches, 107 receiving yards and a touchdown. Gerald Everett, five catches for 54 yards. Travis Homer, three catches for 48 yards. Uh, Tyler Lockett, four catches for 31 yards. And Will Disley had his one catch goal for 39 yards. Um, Nate, I'll get to you on the Seahawks. Uh, not a good effort for them in this game. Yeah, I feel like they could have given a little more. Um, I mean, they weren't too bad, but at the same time, um, they weren't generating enough offense to um, get things done. I noticed that um, Russell Wilson, he played like pretty well for like any quarterback, but um, this isn't good for Russell Wilson, if that makes sense. And uh, I guess Chris Carson was pretty solid. DK Metcalf was pretty solid. But I guess overall from the team, 
Um, you could say like the Vikings do have a good defense, but um, Russell Wilson and the rest of the team, they found ways to kind of beat good defenses. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. And I guess another team from the Seahawks division, the LA Rams got their biggest win, I guess, in the last year or so. They beat the defending champs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 34-24. They pretty much outplayed them the entire game. Um, Matt Stafford, 343 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. He just had a bit better game than Kirk Cousins from the looks of it. Um, really solid. Sony Michelle, 20 carries for 67 yards on the ground and then through the air. Deshaun Jackson, three catches, went for 120 receiving yards and a touchdown. Insane game for him. But look at Cooper Cup, nine catches, 96 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, even better than Van Jefferson, four catches, 42 yards. Tyler Higby, five catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. Robert Woods added three catches for 33 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll start with you on the Rams. Uh, this team is looking like a contender so far this season. Yeah, I mean, the Rams were a playoff-level team um, with Jared Goff. They traded to get Matthew Stafford, who is a playoff-level quarterback, and now they have a playoff um, a level, a deep playoff-level quarterback with a playoff-level team. So, um, And I guess beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is pretty much the litmus test for how far your team can go. So they could potentially go all the way. Yeah, for sure. This team's looked really solid so far to start the year. I'll get to the Bucks offense. Tom Brady, 432 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Um, he also rushed to lead this team, surprisingly, for 14 yards and a rushing touchdown. They did not have a good day on the ground. Um, when the other guy rushing for a touchdown is a wide receiver in Chris Godwin, um, that definitely isn't a good thing for your running backs. Uh, nothing else notable from any of their running backs, by the way. And then in terms of receiving Mike Evans, big game, he had eight catches for 106 yards. Chris Godwin, six catches, 74 yards. Uh, Tyler Johnson, three catches for 63 yards. Rob Gronkowski, four catches for 55 yards. Gio Bernard, nine catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. Surprising big game for him receiving wise. And then uh, Cameron Brait, four catches for five yards for 35 yards uh sorry and uh yeah um this was an all receiving game for the bucks nothing much on the ground for them besides touchdowns i guess Mete, what are your thoughts yeah my thoughts are uh like the game before i can't remember which one but when you shut down the run game and you just have to focus on the pass i know he threw for 432 yards and that's a lot but What's important is they only gave up one passing touchdown. So, yeah, when you can shut down the rush and focus on the pass, it makes your life so much easier. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely something that's going to need to be addressed heading into next week against New England. And I think that was the other team you were talking about, uh, New England, in terms of shutting down their run. So both teams struggling with their run, uh, coming to face each other next week. We'll definitely have to see what happens in that big game there. But getting to Sunday night's game, uh, the Packers with 37 seconds left, go all the way down the field and beat the 49ers 30 to 28. Uh, It was a crazy game. Aaron Rodgers, 261 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. Then on the ground, Aaron Jones, 19 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. Then through the air, Devontae Adams had a mega mega game, uh, 12 catches, 132 receiving yards and a touchdown. 
Um, MVS uh, had three catches for 59 yards and a touchdown. Alan Lazard's one catch went for 42 yards. And Mete, getting to on the Packers, yeah, this team looks like they've really turned it around after week one. Yeah, week one, they were looking terrible, but now two straight wins and they're looking much better, especially the offense. They go from putting up three points week one to 30 plus, I think, last two weeks. So, yeah, the offense is picking it up. I know their defense hasn't been playing great, but when you're putting up 30 points, uh, you're going to be winning a lot of weeks. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Their offense looked great uh, ever since week one. Uh, getting to the offense for the 49ers, though, Jimmy Grappolo, he looked pretty good in this game. 257 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. He did have one interception. And then on the ground, Trey Sermon, 10 carries, 31 yards, and a touchdown. Kyle Juszczyk had five carries for 14 yards. And then we get to receiving. George Kittle had a really big game, seven catches for 92 yards. Debo Samuel, five catches, 52 yards. And then Kyle Juszczyk, four catches, 37 yards and a touchdown. Ayuk also had four catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. Um, Nate, I'll get to you. Um, this 49ers team, they do look pretty good this year, but I guess this was a tough loss for them. Yeah, I wouldn't say that they um, played bad. I think um, overall their um, offense has been pretty solid. Um, it's just that um, this game was Green Bay's game, and – Green Bay is normally one of the better teams in the league. So I guess this was the game that they proved that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Obviously, the 49ers secondary has been an issue for them lately. Uh, I guess they'll need to address that. But other than that, this 49ers team definitely looks good. So I guess uh, we'll have to see if they can, I guess, turn it around next week in a big divisional game there. Um Let's get to Monday night now. This was a big game. Another blowout here. Dallas blows out the Philadelphia Eagles 41-21. to um, Just looking at the stats for Dallas, um, looking at Dak Prescott first, 238 passing yards and three passing touchdowns, so good game for him. Um, I guess on the ground, Ezekiel Elliott had his game of the season, 17 carries, 95 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Tony Pollard, 11 carries for 60 yards. And then through the air, Dalton Schultz, six catches, 80 yards, and two touchdowns. C.D. Lamb, three catches for 66 yards. Amari Cooper, three catches for 26 yards. And Ezekiel Elliott had 21 uh, receiving yards on three catches, with Cedric Wilson finding the end zone on two catches for 17 yards. Uh, Mete, let's talk about your Cowboys. They looked really solid in this game. It's probably their best game of the season. Yeah, it's the best game of the season for sure. And it does come against the Eagles, who they aren't the greatest team, but uh, it's really encouraging to see through three weeks that the Cowboys defense has been playing amazing, uh, getting a lot of takeaways. And you mentioned Zeke's stats. It looked like he looked like his 2016 self, like he was a rookie out there again. And I really like the fact that even though Elliot, he had an amazing game. We still ran Pollard 11 times. Uh, in our Jason Garrett days, we'd always be feeding Elliot, no matter how good the backup's playing. So it's really good to see McCarthy uh, utilize Pollard properly. Yeah, Pollard has looked good last couple of games. I'll agree with that. I'm getting to the Eagles now. Jalen Hurts, 326 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, but also two interceptions. I think one of them was to Trayvon Diggs. I think it was a pick six, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so not good for Jalen Hurts there. He did have 
35 rushing yards on nine carries to lead this team. Miles Sanders had two carries for 27 yards, so not a lot of work given to him. In terms of receiving, Dallas Goddard, two catches, 66 yards. Zach Hurts, four catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Jalen Rager, five catches for 53 yards. Quez Watkins, two catches for 46 yards. And then Kenneth Gainwell, Miles Sanders, and Devontae Smith all added three catches for just under 32 yards. Um, Greg Ward was the one that found the end zone also on his one catch for 15 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Eagles. They had a good week one against the Falcons, but ever since then, they haven't looked great. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I guess they haven't um, been able to, I guess, find ways to beat um, defenses on other teams. And it looks like they had trouble um, stopping Dallas, but Dallas has a really good offense this year. So I guess it's a combination of um, being able to stop really good teams and being able to beat defenses. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's going to be a tough task for the Eagles uh, next week uh, playing against the Chiefs, but we'll have to see, I guess, how they play there. Um, and that's the wrap for week three. Let's move into pickups for fantasy uh, for this uh, coming week. Um, I guess, Mete, I'll start with you. Uh, who's your running back pickup for the week? Yeah, so for this week, I'd probably go for Peyton Barber. I think he's around 30% owned, so he should be on your waiver wire. And yeah, if Josh Jacobs is out, he's going. Uh, he should start again. And he went off last week. He went for twenty-two points in a half PPR league. So definitely give him a look, especially if Jacobs is out. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely agree with that. Um, my running back pickup for the week is Chuba Hubbard. Obviously, we talked about the Christian McCaffrey injury. Um, if uh, Hubbard is going to be getting all the work, he will be fantasy relevant. He should be at least a flex, flex option for you, if not even better than that. So definitely pick him up. I believe he was only around 30% rostered heading into the week. So definitely you need to capitalize on that if you can. Um, he should be getting a lot of work uh, in this coming game against Dallas. So definitely have to watch out for that. Um, and then uh, Nate, I'll move to you for, I guess, your running back pickup for the week. So my running back um, pickup for the week is, I guess, um, Zach Moss. Um, so I guess with um, Buffalo kind of tweaking their system to allow more run, that kind of gives Zach Moss a lot more chances to have um, good fantasy value. And he's been pretty solid um, this year, I think. So um, he's definitely an option that I think you can pick up. Yeah, and I guess um, just mention some of the other names for running backs this week. So you could also look at um, J.D. McKissick and Kenneth Gainwell. Um, most of these are deep league picks, so yeah. Absolutely, and um, let's just move to wide receivers now. I'll get back to you, Mete. Uh, who's your wide receiver pickup for the week? Yeah, so I'd go for A.J. Green. He's seeing six targets per game right now, and I think he's going to get even better as he builds more chemistry with Kyler Murray. And speaking of Kyler Murray, he plays with a really good quarterback. So, yeah, they're 3-0. and He's in a good offense. I think he's a good pickup. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. And I guess if uh, Hopkins is locked down next week by Jalen Ramsey, um, A.J. Green's going to be getting a lot of looks in next week's game. So there's a good chance he could have another big game. So I like that. My pickup for the week is Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, it looks like Josh Allen's developed a lot of chemistry with him. He has been getting a lot of targets uh, week to week. 
Um, it's definitely something you want to look for as he's had between six and eight targets per week and he's done really well with them. I mean, he's added touchdowns and receiving yards and yeah, he's, he seems to be the better option over Gabriel Davis right now. So a Buffalo can support three wide receivers and Sanders seems to be that other guy. So you can definitely uh, pick him up and roll him out as at least a flex option for sure. Um, Nate getting to you, I guess, who's your wide receiver pickup for the week? So I guess my pickup for the week for a wide receiver would be um, Cole Beasley. Um, he does get a decent amount of targets from Josh Allen as well. Um, I guess he's always a wide receiver that um, Josh Allen can throw to and he pretty much almost always catches the ball. So um, you should definitely take a look at him. And I guess some other uh, guys you could take a look at, maybe uh, Christian Kirk, um, Hunter Renfro. He, he doesn't have a lot of um, roster ownership, but he's kind of a player that even if you're in a shallow league, you could kind of, um, I guess, pick him up. There's not a lot of people owning him right now. So he's kind of like a sleeper pick, I feel like. Um, I guess there's also Deshaun Jackson. He did really good against Tampa Bay. It's just that he's not really a starter. He hasn't gotten too many um, targets historically, so it could be high risk. There's also Kendrick Bourne as well. Um, it looks like he might be filling in for um, James White, so that could give him a lot of targets as long as James White is out. Yeah, we just found out today White will be out for the entire season, so that's definitely a guy you can look at. Um, getting to Hunter Renfro, I know Mete, you mentioned him either last week or the week before. Take a look at all those receivers for the Raiders with how much Derek Carr wants to throw. Ruggs, Edwards, and Renfro should all be owned in most standard 12-team leagues, and if it's even deeper than that, they definitely need to be owned um, because they're all going to eat in this offense, even with Dar Darren Waller being the main guy. So definitely a lookout for that. Josh Jacobs has been out, so there's been a lot of looks to the receivers, so definitely capitalize on that. Um, getting to quarterbacks, um, I'll start with Sam Darnold. Um, he can really make it work both through the air and on the ground. So he's definitely a guy that should be looked at as a borderline starter, or if you're in like a multiple quarterback league or super flex, definitely a guy you should be picking up. Or, or even if you need a solid backup, he's definitely a good option. Um, he's been like only 20% rostered up to before this week. So yeah, he's available in most leagues. Definitely go pick him up. Uh, Mete, uh, who's your quarterback pickup for the week? Yeah, so for quarterback, I went with Daniel Jones. And yeah, I know he's had a lot of turnover issues prior to this season, but right now I think he only has one interception and like two fumbles. So uh, yeah, he's keeping the turnovers low this year, which is great. And he's got rushing upside. So I think he's a good pickup. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. Um, seems to be really solid. Um, I guess other guys um, you can pick up um, uh, looking at Taylor Heineke. He's been pretty solid lately. Um, yeah, those are definitely, he, he's definitely another guy that you can look at. Um, I probably wouldn't, I probably would pick him up over Jameis Winston because it looks like Winston doesn't have that rushing upside uh, compared to him. But I guess um, either Jameis Winston or Daniel Jones could be another, uh, could be other guys you could look at potentially. And then Nate, just getting to you, I guess just cover your main tight end pickup and I guess just other tight ends. So I guess uh, my main tight end pickup right now is um, Dalton Schultz. Um, I guess um, it looks like uh, Dallas is kind of using him a lot more. He got a lot, a lot of targets um, this past game. So 
as long as Dak keeps throwing to Dalton Schultz, um, he should have a lot of fantasy value. And I feel like this week, there's actually quite a bit of um, tight ends you could kind of look at. Um, you could look at Tyler Conklin, uh, Mike Gusecki, or Zach Ertz. I think all, all of those guys are pretty solid. So um, if you see them, uh, de- definitely take a look at them. There's also um, Pat Freermuth in deeper leagues. Uh, it's mostly kind of like um, on a week-to-week basis. So if you kind of um, like the Pittsburgh matchup against Green Bay, you could take a look at him. But um, Pittsburgh has been having a rough season, so it's kind of like a high-risk pickup. Yeah, a pickup that could pay off if both Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster are out. It'll open up more targets for him. So definitely something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, that's pretty much the end of our pickup. So we'll move right into the preview for week four. Um, let's start with the first game here, Thursday night, Cincinnati against Jacksonville. Uh, Mete, just sort of preview the fantasy for that game. Yeah, so for fantasy, I'd start for Cincinnati, Joe Burrow in deeper, uh, deeper leagues, especially if your quarterback has a bad matchup or your quarterback one has a bad matchup. Then Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Those three are the main reliable guys in Cincinnati right now. Uh, Jacksonville, I go for James Robinson, Marvin Jones, and then DJ Chark in uh, deeper leagues. I play him as a flex. And outside of those three, I don't really trust uh, the Jaguars right now. So, yeah. Yeah, it is tough to trust the Jaguars right now. I definitely agree with that. Um, I guess just getting to the spread for this game, uh, the Bengals are at home and they are favored uh, by seven points. Uh, some places say seven and a half. I think it might actually be seven and a half right now. Um, Mete, getting to you first, do you trust the Bengals to win by seven and a half or do you like the Jags keeping it close? Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, Bengals. I really like what I see from them this season. Their defense has gotten a lot better and, Jaguars, they've had troubles on offense and defense. So, yeah, I think they should be able to win by eight or more. All right, Nate, getting to you, which side do you like on this? Uh, I guess I'm a little a little hesitant to say the Bengals, but it's pretty much just a score and, like, maybe one field goal. So I think that's kind of doable for the Bengals. Yeah, um, I think to me, the Bengals, the games they've won this year have been pretty close. Um, I might like the Jaguars here because uh, I know their defense has been worse than their offense in a sense. And the Bengals offensive line just isn't very good. So there is a chance that uh, a team like the Jaguars could exploit it similar to the way the Bears did a couple weeks back. So I will, I guess, take the Jaguars because, I mean, it's a touchdown uh, and 0.5. So, I mean, if the Bengals win by like one score or something, the Jaguars would cover. So I kind of like that. So I'm kind of leaning the Jaguars, but this is kind of a game. It's more of a stay away for me. Um, I guess getting to Sunday now, Nate, I'll start with you. Uh, let's start with Chicago against Detroit. I guess preview that game for fantasy. So I guess for Chicago, there's, um, I guess, not many um, players that I would um, personally go for, but I guess some people, I guess some players that you can kind of take a look at might, might be, I guess, David Montgomery and Allen Robertson. And maybe in deeper leagues, you could look at Rashad Perryman. Um, I guess if you feel that uh, Justin Fields could play better against Detroit, you could pick him up as well. And I guess for Detroit, um, 
they do have a little bit um, more players than Chicago that maybe you can take a, a look at starting. Um, there's DeAndre Swift, um, Quintess Cephas, uh, TJ Hawkinson. In deep leagues, you can look at maybe Jared Goff, Jamal Williams, and uh, Cliff Raymond. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with you on the Bears. I don't even know if um, Allen Robinson – I mean, you probably drafted him early, so you probably do start him. But, um, yeah, Montgomery seems to be the only guy. And in terms of other receivers, whether it's Mooney or, or Perriman or anyone else, they're just not really startable at this point for this Bears offense until they improve that line. Um, and, yeah, I agree with you on the lines for sure. But, yeah, let's get to the spread for this game. looks like the Bears are favored – by three points, uh, Nate. Which way are you going here? Um, originally I was thinking like maybe um the Lions could cover this, but the Lions might actually have a chance to to win this. I feel like if there's a game that they're gonna win, this is probably gonna be one of them. So I guess maybe I'll go with the Lions on this. And then uh, Mete, getting to you, uh, which side are you leaning here? Yeah, I'm with Nate. I feel like. The Lions are bound to win, and this could be one of their better chances. So I would jump on them with the plus money. Yeah, um, just looking at this game for me, um, I guess the last time the Bears, I guess, were on the road and they had a rough game against the Rams. They bounced back the week after that and beat the Bengals. Then, of course, um, last time they were on the road, it was last week against the Browns. Coming back home against the Lions, I just feel like it's another bounce back game for them. Um, whether Justin Fields plays, whether Nick Foles plays, whoever plays, this is the bounce back game they're looking for. I feel like that this is definitely a game that the the Bears can win and cover. They're not a bad team. They just had a, a really bad game against a strong Cleveland team. So uh, I think that's probably why I'm leaning towards the Bears. But the, yeah, you guys are right. This game could probably go either way. Um, getting to the next game here, I'll preview the fantasy for Washington against Atlanta. I guess guys that you could start for the football team, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, and I'm actually willing to roll out Taylor Heineke. Uh, he's getting work done through the air and on the ground, which is great for fantasy. Over 20 fantasy points in half point PPR the last two weeks that he's been a starter. Uh, the first week, obviously, he was not starting, so that doesn't count, but Seems really solid, so definitely roll him out. Um, I guess, uh, guys, you should sit or only in deep leagues. Uh, Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown, J.D. McKissick. Of course, Samuel's coming back from injury, but I wouldn't roll him out just yet. Um, and then for um, the Falcons, starting Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley, obviously. And I think Cordell Patterson sort of established himself enough for you to be able to start him. I mean, he's sort of a flex guy anyways. He can play wide receiver or running back, depending on what you need. So you can definitely roll him out at at least as a flex option, if not higher than that. And then you should probably sit or only start in deep leagues, Matt Ryan, Mike Davis, Hayden Hurst, Russell Gage, those guys. Uh, just, they just haven't been consistent enough. Mike Davis is borderline consistent, but he just hasn't been averaging over 10 half point uh, PPR points. So I wouldn't look to him uh, either. Um, and then, yeah, just looking at the spread uh, for this game uh, between the, the Falcons and um, the Washington football team, um, it looks like uh, the Falcons came into this uh, week favored, but the line sort of flipped. Uh, now the football team's favored by a point. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll start with you. Uh, which uh, team do you like better here? I mean, I guess this is pretty much just predicting who's going to win. So I guess 
I'll go with the football team mostly just because um, I, I don't really feel too impressed with what Atlanta's been doing so far. And then, uh, Mete, getting to you, which side would you take on this? I think I'm going to go with the Falcons. I feel like they should win this game. I'm not really too convinced with the Washington defense yet. So, yeah, Falcons. Yeah, I think to sort of break the tie here, I am going to side with Nate. I definitely like Washington a little bit better. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, I know the Falcons are home here. I know they have looked better, but I feel like this Washington team sort of do after that blowout last week definitely is going to be sort of a bounce back. I definitely like teams to bounce back, especially if they've gotten blown out. I said that about the Bears. I'm going to say that about the football team as well. I definitely think it's a big bounce back game for them. Um, I guess moving to the next matchup, I'm going to get to you, I guess, preview uh, Indianapolis versus Miami. Okay, so for Indiana, I'd go with Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines in points per reception leagues, uh, possibly as a flex, makes a lot of catches out of the backfield. And then Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, yeah, another offense that's kind of struggling and hard for me to trust more of them. And then Miami, I'd start Miles Gaskin, Mike Gesicki in deeper leagues. He's looked much better ever since Brissett took over. He likes to target him a lot more, so it's good for Gesicki. Jalen Waddell, uh, he saw a lot of targets last week. And then Devontae Parker, I'd start in deeper leagues. Yeah, for sure. And I guess Will Fuller's off your radar until he starts producing. Yeah, he just played in his first game with the uh, Miami Dolphins, and he wasn't too impressive, so I need to see more from him. Yeah, for sure. And um, I guess just getting uh, to the spread on this game, um, it looks like the uh, Dolphins are favored in this game um, by minus two. Um, Mate, which way are you leaning here? Yeah, I'm going for the Colts at plus two. I feel like they should win this game, and yeah, like I said, I don't know how they're 0-3. This should be their first win. Uh, Nate, getting to you, how do you feel about this game? Do you like Dolphins minus two or the Colts at plus two? Um, The Dolphins are a pretty strong team, but the Colts, they're going to have to win eventually. So I guess I'll go with the Colts on this. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I'm going to side with the Colts as well. Um, there's a saying that says either you're hot or you're due. And I think the Colts are definitely due. I definitely think that, um, their win is, is definitely, uh, upcoming and it, it should happen this week against a Dolphins team that, uh, I wouldn't say they struggled, but they haven't looked the same without Tua. So definitely this is a chance for them to capitalize. Wentz should be a little bit better, a little bit healthier from last week. So I, I definitely think that they can get the win here. Um, I guess just moving to the next game here, uh, Titans against the, the Jets. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on this one. So I guess for the Titans, you can maybe look at Derek Henry, um, Julio Jones, AJ Brown. Um, he is questionable, so you're going to want to have to check. And I guess you could look at um, Ryan Tannehill as well. And I guess for the Jets, um, it's kind of, it was kind of tough to see who you could start. Maybe you could look at maybe Jamison Crowder if he's fully healthy or Corey Davis and maybe Braxton Berrios in deeper leagues. Yeah, honestly, they haven't had solid quarterback or running back play, so I definitely understand where you're coming from. Uh, looking at the spread here, uh, Tennessee, 
it's minus seven. I'm just going to flat out and say, yeah, I'm going to roll with Tennessee at minus seven. Uh, even if it climbs up to like minus 10 or something, I definitely like the Titans. I guess, Nate, where do you side there? I mean, I don't really see how the Jets are going to be able to um, stop the Tennessee Titans. So I'm going to go with the Titans. And then Mete getting to you, uh, how do you feel about this game? Yeah, hard to trust the Jets right now, so Titans. I feel like this could be the game where Derrick Henry goes for like 200 and something rushing yards on this poor Jets defense. Uh, yeah, it just looks like one of those games is ahead. And yeah, it doesn't really look good. Um, but yeah, let me get to the next game here. I'll, I'll preview uh, Houston uh, against Buffalo. Um, I guess just looking at this game for fantasy-wise, um, in terms of, uh, I guess, the Texans, the only guy I'd start is Brandon Cooks right now. He's the only real fantasy relevant player from this team. And then I guess guys I'd sit or guys only in deep leagues, Davis Mills, Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and David Johnson. So it's really tough to trust this team. Um, for the Bills, a lot of solid starts here. Josh Allen, uh, I would start Stefan Diggs because obviously you drafted him early, but he has uh, been kind of sh shaky to start the season. Hopefully he can bounce back in this game. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, solid. We talked about Cole Beasley as well, and we talked about Zach Moss. Definitely roll those guys out. They look like they have solid roles on this team. Uh, and then I guess sits or deep league starts, Devin Singletary, Dawson Knox, and Gabriel Davis. Uh, they don't have a steady fantasy value right now. Um, and then, yeah, just looking at the spread for this game, the Bills are favored by 16 points. Um, I don't know how you feel about this one, Mete. Which side are you looking at here? Uh I know the Texans, they aren't looking too good with uh, Mills, but 16 is too many points, so probably just go for the Texans. And then, Nate, uh, getting to you, do you like the Bills by 16, or do you like the Texans to keep it close? Um, I feel like they're um, thinking that maybe um, Josh Allen is going to lead the Bills to get 40 points again, but... 40 points, again, is kind of asking for a lot. So I feel like I'm going to go with the Texans on this. Yeah, I just don't like these big spreads. This is pretty much a stay-away game for me. If I had to pick a side, might roll with Houston just because um, Davis Mills didn't look that bad on the Thursday night game. I know that they still didn't generate enough offense, but um, you just don't really know, I guess, with this Buffalo team either. They have the ability to blow out teams. But uh, just uh, laying 16 points with Buffalo, I feel like it's just too much risk. So I definitely like the Texans as well. Um, getting to the next game, uh, Meti, I'll get to you. Uh, Carolina against Dallas, preview this one. All right, so for Carolina, I'd start Sam Darnold in deeper leagues, especially if your quarterback has a tough matchup. Uh, Chubba Hubbard should be the starter this week. DJ Moore, he's seeing a lot of targets. Uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. I'd play in deeper leagues and then Robbie Anderson also I'd play in deeper leagues I know he's struggling right now but I think he picks it up and then for Dallas I'd go with Dak, Ezekiel Elliott CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper Tony Pollard I think in deeper leagues you can play him as a flex now he's getting 10 plus uh, touches every game and then Dalton Schultz as well I feel like if you're in tight end trouble, he could be a play as he just went off this week. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. We talked about Schultz in the pickups. He's definitely looking like the starting tight end there. So 
I definitely want to capitalize on that. Um, I guess getting to the spread, uh, Dallas is favored uh, by four and a half points. Uh, Mete, I assume you're just going to roll right back with Dallas this week. Yeah, I'm still going to roll with them as they're uh, really impressing me. They're playing great. So, yeah, stick with them. Uh, Nate, getting to you, I guess, which uh, team would you favor here? Um, I guess you could go with um, Dallas. I think they're a pretty solid team. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess just looking at this game, I guess if Christian McCaffrey was playing, I would take the points with the Panthers. But, um, yeah, Dallas just watching them play at home, they just look really strong. Um, four and a half clearly is not enough for how well they played on Monday. I know this Panthers team is a lot better than that Eagles team. Uh, it is tough to say I will slightly lean with the Cowboys. It's sort of a stay away game for me too. But, uh, yeah, I will lean with Dallas just because of the way that they've been looking so far. Um, and then getting to the next game, uh, Nate, I'll get to you. Uh, Cleveland against Minnesota, I guess, just preview this game. So I guess for um, Cleveland, there's quite a few players that you can take a look at. Um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Odell. Um, you could even, um, I guess, maybe take a look at starting Rashard Higgins or Austin Hooper in deeper leagues. Um, Baker Mayfield, I want to say you want to, you could start him in deeper leagues, but um, it's kind of hard to say. Kind of depends on um, how many, I guess, throws that he's going to get. And I guess for Minnesota, um, you can start Kirk Cousins. Um, you might be able to start Delvin Cook if he's healthy, but you're going to have to check that. Um, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, Tyler Conklin. And if Dallin Cook um, isn't going to play, then you can definitely definitely take a look at Alexander uh, Madison. Um, you, could, you could still take a look at Alexander Madison in deep leagues. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely something to check out, I guess. Uh, how do you feel about Donovan Peoples-Jones? The thing about Donovan Peoples-Jones is even though he's talented, he hasn't been getting enough targets for fantasy value. So that's the only reason why I haven't included him. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then getting to the spread here, uh, Nate, the Browns are favored by two points. Um, how do you feel about this game? Um. I want to say that I feel like the Cleveland Browns can win. And I guess plus two is basically, um, we're basically it's like a field goal amount. So I think that's doable for the Browns. Yeah. Um, honestly, when it's a two point spread like that, um, you're just pretty much picking the winner for the most part. I guess, Mete, which side are you on here? Uh, this is a tough call. I feel like it's a toss up game. And when it's toss-ups for me, I like to go with the plus, so I'd go for Minnesota here. Yeah, I think for me, it's just going to depend on Dalvin Cook's status. I think this is a game where they definitely need him um, because Kirk Cousins is going to be under a lot of pressure in this game. Uh, I will lean towards Cleveland right now. Um, it's only minus two. It's not too big of a spread. I think this Browns team is a really solid team overall, so I definitely like uh, them to win this game. So, yeah, I will lean with the Cleveland Browns, um, I guess just uh, getting to the preview of uh, Philadelphia versus Kansas City. Guys, you can start from the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Uh, Zach Hurts looks good so far. You might be able to start him. And I mean, you probably drafted Miles Sanders as one of your top two backs in standard leagues. So you're probably going to have to start him, uh, even if you don't want to. 
Um, I guess sits or deep league starts here. Kenneth Gainwell J- and Jalen Rager, you probably sit those guys. Uh, and then for the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, you're starting. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey are all must-starts. And then sip, uh, sits or, I guess, guys in deep leagues, um, Daryl Williams, McCole Hardman, Byron Pringle, and Demarcus Robinson. All right, and just getting to the, the spread for this game, um, the Chiefs are favored by seven points right now. Uh, Mete, I guess getting to you, uh, which team do you like here? Uh, seven points, probably Chiefs. Eagles, they uh, haven't looked the greatest since week one. So, yeah, hopefully Chiefs rebound. And then Nate, getting to you, I guess, which side are you sort of leaning here? I guess I'm kind of leaning with um, KC Nation. Um, I know, like, Kansas City, they haven't been able to um, shut down teams, but the Eagles haven't um, been looking like they have the greatest offense either. So, yeah, I'll go for Chiefs. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean with the Eagles here. I leaned with the Chargers last week just because with Kansas City, it always feels like a touchdown is just too much. They haven't covered in, what is it? They've only covered one of their last like 12 or 13 games. This team, they're always favored by so many points and they never cover. So until they cover, I'm going to just be fading the Chiefs every week. So I will lean with the Eagles here at plus seven. Um, Yeah, we saw the Eagles keep it close with, different teams at the beginning of the year. I feel like they just had a bad game last week and they are at home and getting seven. I mean, I might lean there. Um, and then getting to the next game, uh, Matty, I'll get to you for the Giants against the Saints. Yeah, so for New York Giants, uh, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, and then I know I was talking about Daniel Jones for pickup of the week, but I feel like even in deeper leagues, it's kind of a risky start against the Saints defense and then for the Saints I'd probably start Marcus Callaway I uh, had a good week this week and then Alvin Kamara those two are really the only guys I can kind of trust right now for, with the Saints yeah I definitely agree with you there's probably gonna be a low scoring game between these two teams uh, right now the Saints are favored by seven and a half points at home Mete which way are you leaning here uh, I think I'd go for New Orleans, even though they have to win by eight or more. Uh, yeah, Giants, uh, they haven't really impressed me this season, so uh, it's kind of hard to trust them. And then Nate, getting to you, uh, which side are you leaning here? Um, I guess I'll lean with um, the Saints a little bit more. I feel like they're, they've been a little bit more solid than um, the Giants, so yeah. Yeah, I think I might lean Giants here just because they seem to play up to their competition. If they play a bad team, they play bad. And if they play a good team, they play good. They haven't won any of their games, but the uh, I think that they can cover. Um, yeah, so I will lean with the Giants here because as, as an underdog, they seem to be able to cover most of their games. So I definitely like the Giants in that sense. Um, although I do think the Saints should definitely win that game. Um, getting to the next game, uh, Arizona against the LA Rams. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you for that preview. All right. So I guess for Arizona, a lot of players that you can take a look at, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. Um, you could even look at AJ Green and uh, Ron Dale Moore. You could even look at Chase Edmonds and James Conner. 
and I guess maybe in deep leagues you could take a look at Max Williams. For the Rams, um, uh, Matthew Stafford. Um, Daryl Henderson, if he's healthy. Um, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, even Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby. And then in deeper leagues, you can take a look at uh, Sonny Michelle. Uh, maybe this, this John Jackson kind of depends. Yeah, for sure. Um, although the, both of these two teams have good defenses, this really looks like it's going to be a high-scoring game, so I agree with you. Just roll all the boys out if you can, whoever you have from this team, aside from those deeper options. Um, I guess just looking at the spread for this game, um, it looks like the Rams are favored by four points. So I guess, Nate, which way are you leaning? Um, It's kind of hard to say because they're both really good. So. I feel like um, Arizona should be able to, um, I guess, match them. I feel like it's going to be even closer than four points, if that makes sense. And then Mete getting to you, which way are you leaning here? Yeah, this is another toss-up game for me. And like I said, for toss-ups, I like to go with the plus, so Cardinals. All right, I'm going to take the Rams here. I'm really impressed by this team. Uh, especially what they did to the box. The box secondary almost had no answer for this team. Uh, this Rams team is just getting better and better every week. And I mean, the Cardinals, uh, they gave up some, I guess they gave up one really bad touchdown to the Jaguars. And although they've been winning their games, um, it, it's just like they, they've pretty much kept it close with almost every team they've played against aside from that Jaguars game. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like this Cardinals team's good, but this Rams team's sort of on another level. So I'm kind of leaning there because it's only like four, four and a half points. Uh, if it gets up to a touchdown, yeah, I think you're right. I think the, the Cardinals is definitely the play, but I think right now I'm slightly leaning with the Rams. Um, another divisional game from this division, um, Seattle against San Francisco. I'll take a look at that one. Um, for the Seahawks, you're starting Russell Wilson. You're starting Chris Carson. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, those are all automatics for this team. And then deeper leagues or sits, probably Alex Collins. Gerald Everett looks like he went on the COVID list, so you're probably going to sit him. Uh, Will Disley and Freddie Swain are also sits. Um, I guess for the 49ers, um, looks like Trey Sermon's now their lead back, so definitely roll him out. Uh, Brandon Ayuk finally got some targets, so he might be safe to roll out as well. Debo Samuel and George Kittle, obviously, you should be rolling out on a weekly basis. And then sits or deep leagues starts Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Eli Mitchell, if he's back from injury, and then Mohamed Sanu is probably a sit for me. And then getting to the spread on this game, it looks like the 49ers are favored by three points. Uh, Nate, which way are you leaning here? I guess you could um, go with the 49ers on this. And then Mete, what about you? Which way are you leaning? Uh, another toss-up game for me. Go with the plus. I'm going for Seahawks. Yeah, I guess to break the tie, I'm sort of going to lean with you, Mete. I will take the Seahawks also. It's a classic bounce-back game, uh, in my opinion. I, although both teams are looking for a bounce-back game, I feel like the Seahawks really need it more considering their record in this tough division. So I definitely like for them to bounce back here. Russell Wilson will definitely be able to capitalize on this pretty banged up secondary for the 49ers. I definitely like him to do that. So uh, this should be a good game either way. Um, and then getting to the next game, speaking of the Green Bay Packers, um, this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mete, just preview it. All right. So for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'd start Najee Harris. 
Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, if he plays. Uh, he did miss last week, but I think he practiced today, so he could play. And then Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, for Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams. Yeah, for sure. Those are the, the main solid options from both teams. Um, I guess getting to the spread here uh, between these two teams, the Packers are favored by six and a half points. Um, I guess, Mete, which way are you leaning here? Yeah, another toss-up game for me, so I'm going for Pittsburgh. Uh, Nate, getting to you, uh, do you like the Packers here or do you like the Steelers? Um, I kind of like the Packers, but maybe not at six and a half because they'd have to beat Pittsburgh by an entire score. And I feel like um, you got to, I guess, trust in the Steelers' defense a little bit, so I'll go with the Steelers. Honestly, for me, this game just depends on who's out for the Steelers. Uh, if TJ Watt and Deontay Johnson sit again, then just roll with the Packers at six and a half. But I guess if one or both of them are in, then yeah, I think the Steelers definitely have a chance uh, to whether to come close or to even outright win this game. So yeah, definitely keep an eye on that. Right now, though, if those two are out, I am leaning with the Green Bay Packers, but we'll definitely have to see. And then just uh, moving to the next game, Nate, I'll get to you for the preview for Baltimore against Denver. So I guess for um, Baltimore, you can take a look at um, Lamar Jackson, uh, depending on how healthy he is. Um, Tyson Williams, Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, uh, Mark Andrews, uh, maybe even Latavius Murray. And I guess they might end up putting in Tyler Huntley. So if for whatever reason your quarterback is injured, maybe you could start him. But I wouldn't. And then for uh, Denver, um, you can start uh, Melvin Gordon, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fenn. And you can maybe even take a look at Teddy Bridgewater and Javante Williams in deeper leagues. Yeah, for sure. And then um, I guess just getting to um, the spread here, um, actually the Ravens, were favored when it opened up, but now the Broncos are one-point favorites. Nate, which way are you leaning here? I guess it kind of depends on if um, Lamar Jackson is healthy or not. If he's healthy, I'd go with the Ravens, but if he's out, I'd go with the Broncos. And then Mete getting to you, which way are you leaning here? Yeah, I'm very surprised that the Ravens are underdogs, so I'm going for Ravens. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm really big on this Broncos team. Their defense looks better than the Ravens defense this year. Ravens defense have given up, gave up a lot of points to the Chiefs. Uh, there was a really close game with the Lions. I feel like their games are too close, even against lower level teams. The Broncos are blowing out bad teams. This is a very good Broncos team. I, I sort of like what I've seen from them, so I will lean with them. Um, for the line to switch that much, that means a lot of people are also big on the Broncos, and I like that. So definitely, uh, I like the Broncos as well. Um, but I think the the big matchup for this week is Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. This is a, definitely a must-watch game, especially for me as a light-flung Patriots and Tom Brady fan, seeing him come back. This is definitely a big game. Uh, I'll preview this one for fantasy. Uh, we'll start with the Patriots. Um, guys, you're starting. You're rolling out Damian Harris, obviously and Jacoby Myers, those are the two safest guys that you should be rolling out from the Patriots. 
Um, and then other guys that you could start maybe in deep leagues or maybe you want to sit is uh, Mac Jones, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jonu Smith, and Hunter Henry. And then for the Bucks, you're rolling out the main guys. You're rolling out Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, if he's back from the COVID list. Um, Mike Evans, you're rolling out Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski. And then uh, for me, I would sit all the running backs unless you're in a deep league. So Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, and Giovanni Bernard, because it's clear that they don't want to run the ball consistently and we can't rely on Bernard to get consistent targets just yet. So I would probably sit or only start those guys in deep leagues. But yeah, let's get to the spread for this big game. Uh, it looks like the Bucs are favored by seven points on the road. Um, Nate, I'll start with you. Uh, which way are you leaning here? Um, it's kind of tough because it's like Tom uh, Brady and the Bucks versus um, Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots. But I guess I'll go with um, the Bucks on this one. All right, and Mete, just bouncing to you, um, Bucks at minus seven or Patriots at plus seven? Yeah, I think I'm leaning with the Bucks as well. Uh, if the Patriots defense isn't playing well, uh, uh, Mac Jones and the offense is having tough t- a tough time putting up points right now. So, yeah, it's going to be hard for them to stop the Buccaneers, I think. Yeah, I guess just looking at this game, um, I figure this has to be a game where Belichick keeps it close. I don't think there's any way he's going to get blown out by Tom Brady, even if if Brady comes in determined. Um, I mean, but Bill Belichick knows him and, and Gronk better than anyone. There's got to be some sort of a plan to blanket Gronk in this game. Uh, and this spread is probably going to continue to climb as the week goes along. I guess right now, maybe you could lean with the Bucks at minus seven. I would have preferred six and a half. But anything seven or higher, I am going to lean with the Patriots because this game should be close, even if the Patriots don't win it. So, yeah, I would lean there. And then, Mete, I'll get to you for the final matchup. Monday night, uh, Vegas against the LA Chargers. Yeah, so for the Vegas Raiders, I'd start Derek Carr. He's having a great year. Peyton Barber, if Jacobs is out. If not, then start Josh Jacobs. And then... Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. For the Chargers, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. He's having an amazing season, so definitely start him. I guess, would you roll out Brian Edwards? I think he led them in receiving last week. Uh, yeah, I think he's he did have a good week, but it's a lot of people to start for Las Vegas, I feel like, and I feel like one of them is bound to not have a good fantasy day. So I felt like it was going to be him. Yeah, I think it just depends whether Josh Jacobs comes back or not. If he's out, then maybe there might be a little bit more passing. So then maybe you roll out Ryan Edwards, something like that. Um, And then getting to the spread for this game, um, it looks like it's uh, the Chargers favored by three points. I'm going to have to go with the Raiders here. You're giving me a 3-0 and team at plus three. Um, this Raiders team, they haven't been beat yet. So until they're beat, I'm just going to keep rolling with this team. But I guess, Mete, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going with the Raiders as well. Like you said, a 3-0 and team at plus is amazing. And yeah, the Chargers are good. And I feel like it's a toss-up. But like I've been saying, I go with the plus. So Chargers, uh, Raiders, sorry. And then Nate, I guess, which way are you leaning here? Um, originally, I was going to say the 
of the Raiders because I feel like even though um, the Chargers have a good defense, um, I don't think any team's been able to kind of um, stop the Raiders outright. And I'm still going to go with the Raiders. I feel like um, plus three is like way too easy. So I don't know if this is like a trap or not, but I'm still going to go with the Raiders. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a trap last week because the Dolphins did end up covering against the Raiders. But I mean, that time the the Raiders were favorites uh, when they've been underdogs. I believe they've been perfect this season. So yeah, definitely taking the, the Raiders as a dog seems to be the right play here. And yeah, that's been the preview for week four. It's going to be a great week. Of course, as a Patriots fan, we got a big game. Uh, Cowboys have a big game there against a, a perfect team. And I mean, the Browns got the Vikings. So, I mean, this should be a pretty exciting week for football, for fans of every team. And yeah, that's pretty much going to be the end of this Fanatics football episode. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We've been posting picks for games. Definitely go check them out. Um, this podcast is going to be on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications on YouTube, leave us a review all that good stuff. And guys, it's going to be a great week of football once again. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.